0: Well, good morning. It's so good to see you here, and again, we are especially grateful for those of you who are worshiping with us online. Uh, A word next week, we're going to start a new sermon series called No Fair, and it's going to be looking at the Bible's understanding of fairness and grace. And so I hope that you'll make plans to join us beginning uh, next week for that new sermon series Uh, Today, our scripture is this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and the title of the sermon this morning is Hear These Words. Hear These Words. Several years ago, I read a book. The book was called Showtime, Living Down Hypocrisy by Living Out Faith. And in that book, the author talked about a survey that had been conducted where a lot of people were asked a lot of different questions. And one of the questions that they were asked was, what words do you most desire to hear spoken directly to you with sincerity? What words do you most desperately like and long to hear spoken directly to you with sincerity. So, after they got all of the people's opinions on that, they began to tabulate the results. And the top three responses to what words do you most directly want to hear spoken to you with sincerity were number one, I love you, number two, you are forgiven. And number three, supper's ready. (laughs) Now, I don't know about you, but I could have probably guessed the first two. Maybe not on the first go-around, but if you had asked me what are the words that people most often want to hear spoken with sincerity to them, I probably could have eventually figured out that I love you and you are forgiven are words that we all long to hear. But that third one kind of surprised me a little bit. Supper's ready. And yet, having read about those three responses being the most prevalent responses of the words that we long to hear, isn't that a beautiful description of the sacrament of communion? I thought I'd speak a little bit about communion this morning because a lot of times it just sort of feels like we tack on communion at the end of everything else, and it's just almost like this rote afterthought of what we do in worship. But this morning, I thought for just a few minutes, it might be helpful for us just to pause and to realize that this table here communicates what that survey communicated. You are loved. You are forgiven. Supper's ready first thing it talks about is you are loved. You are absolutely loved unconditionally and self-sacrificially by Jesus Christ. In fact, when you and I come to this table for communion, it is a wonderful reminder of just how much we are loved. It's a wonderful reminder that it doesn't matter what you've done, Think of the worst sins, the the baddest decisions that you've ever made in your life. Those sins, those decisions do not cause God to love you any less. You are loved unconditionally. You are loved self-sacrificially. And that is beautifully described in our communion liturgy is that we are reminded how much we are loved the the liturgy says this christ while we were yet sinners christ died for us and why because that proves god's love toward us so please don't ever come to this table that you are not mindful that that God loves you so very much, and it doesn't matter what you've done in your life, God still loves you. You may have had other people to tell you, I don't love you anymore. You may have thought that because of who I am or what I've done in my past, that God can't love me. That is not what this table is about. When you come to this table, you are reminded that even while you and i were yet sinners christ died for us and that proves god's love towards us you are loved the second thing that you're going to hear when you come to this table is you are forgiven our beautiful liturgy of the communion says that that if you come earnestly repenting of your sins, and if you desire to live in peace and love with one another and with God, you will find forgiveness at this table. It doesn't matter what you've done. Forgiveness is at this table. When you come to this table, uh, you don't uh, lose love, you gain love. When you come to this table, you aren't reminded just how awful you are. You are reminded that a God who will meet you where you are and forgive you of your many sins. That's why in the communion liturgy we hear about Jesus taking the bread and giving thanks to God for it and then breaking the bread. You remember He was with His disciples, the 12 apostles at the Last Supper when He did this. And and so He said, This is My body which is given for you. Even you, Judas, who will betray Me. Even you, Peter, who will deny Me three times. Even you, everybody except John that will desert me in the moment where I need you the most. This is my body, which is broken for you. And then likewise, when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, and after He'd given God thanks for it, He passed it around to the disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Why? For the forgiveness of sins. Even you, Peter, who denied me three times. Even you, Judas, who will betray me for a few pieces of silver. And even the rest of you who will desert me when I need you the most. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you for forgiveness of sin. But he didn't just say for them, did he? He said for you and for many In other words, all the people that are at St. Mark's today, for you, his blood was poured out for the forgiveness of sin. You are forgiven. So I've experienced all sorts of problems. opportunities and moments where I felt the, the love of God and the forgiveness of God, but, but perhaps none seared in my mind as the first time that I really began to appreciate what the communion liturgy and what Holy Communion was all about. Now, it's from a movie in my youth, so it's a long time ago. Does anybody remember the movie Places of the Heart? So Places of the Heart came out sometime in the late 80s. I'm not really sure. I I didn't go back and look. Um, It's about a sheriff who had received a phone call that there were some gunshots being fired down by the railroad tracks. And so the sheriff goes down by the railroad tracks to investigate, and there he finds a teenager shooting a revolver. He uh, gets the teenager's attention. The teenager, thinking that he's fired all of the bullets in the chamber, turns the gun to the sheriff pulls the trigger, and the sheriff falls dead to the ground. A group of vigilantes take up justice in their own hands, and so they pursue that young teenage boy who had shot and killed the sheriff, and they killed him. The death of the sheriff left behind a woman, a widowed wife, their children, and a farm, a pretty big farm. And it's at this point in the story that we begin to be introduced to other characters in the plot. There's a banker who's convinced that this widowed woman is not going to be able to take care of the farm by herself. And so he's trying to get her to sell the farm. And then there's a farm hand who shows up who's willing to try to help the woman to save the farm and keep it in the family. And then there's this blind boarder who comes around looking for a place to stay uh, and he's offering to pay her rent to stay in one of the rooms of the farm, again, to try to help her keep the farm. All of these characters are in the story, but the part that I remember the most is the closing scene of that movie. And they are all in church. And it's Communion Sunday. It's one of those churches where they pass the plates down the pews. So you get the bread and you get the cup and, and you receive the elements and then you turn and you share the elements with the person sitting next to you. And in this particular scene of the movie, uh, when they turn to share the elements with someone else, they say, peace be with you. And as the camera pans the audience in the church that Sunday morning, you see some of those same familiar characters. You see the banker who was trying to get the woman to sell the farm. You see the farmhand who's trying to help the woman save the farm. You see the boarder who's renting a room from the woman to try to help her make ends meet. You see the the sheriff's uh, surviving children. And then you see the sheriff's wife. And the sheriff's wife receives the elements of Holy Communion, and then she turns to the person sitting next to her, and it's her dead husband. And she offers the elements to her dead husband, and she says, peace be with you. And then the dead husband takes the communion elements and turns to share to the person sitting next to him. And there's that teenage boy that shot and killed him. And he says, peace be with you. For the first time in my young life, I began to realize just what Holy Communion was about. That was a beautiful moment where it demonstrated the forgiveness that is possible at the table of our Lord. To see that sheriff turn to that teenager and say, peace be with you you are loved you are forgiven and finally supper's ready you know I grew up in a day where mama was a stay-at-home mom and one of the primary responsibilities is that she cooked all the meals every day And it's why today I still love good old southern cooking because Mama always made sure that there was one form of meat, that there was one form of bean, that there was one form of vegetable, that there was one form of potato, and that there was one form of bread. And if you uh, didn't like a particular bean that was being offered that night, my mama was so nice, she would cook you another bean so there'd be two flavors of bean there so that you would have a bean that you liked. And I can remember, we used to play outside all the time, but those, man, the sweetest words out there was when she'd open up that back door and she'd say, Supper's ready, and we'd take off inside. I grew up in a time where we had family reunions, and there would be hundreds, it seemed like anyway, of family uh, folks gathering together every single year at Henry Horton State Park. And and I just remember everybody would bring their favorite or the the dish that they were known for creating the best. And we'd be out playing on the playground at at Henry Horton and all of a sudden somebody would say, it's time to eat. And we'd all rush to the table. And I can remember my uncle Leslie who was always the one that organized the family reunions. Uh, There were times when he would see people that were not part of our family. Maybe they were at a pavilion near us or maybe they were playing on the playground with some of us kids. And my uncle Leslie would go and say, hey, we've got plenty of food. Would you come and join us and break bread with us? It's time to eat. Isn't that exactly what this table is about? It's a place where everybody that's part of St. Mark's, not a part of St. Mark's, it's a place where there's always room for others to come and dine. This table is ready. Supper's ready. The Lord's Supper is ready. So today, I hope you'll come down to receive this sacrament. And that you'll be reminded of just how much God loves you. And that you will be open to the possibility that that God can redeem and forgive and save just as much today as God's always done it in the past. And would you come today knowing that this table is big enough for you, whether you're a Methodist or not, whether you're a Christian or not, The table has been ready, and you have a place at it. Thanks be to God for expressing these beautiful words that we all want to hear and need to hear, and they are sincerely offered by Jesus Christ. Amen.